0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, this Friday, January 29th, will be the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C., Albeit, it's going to be different this year, as uh, each year, at this about this time, around the anniversary of Roe, which is now the 48th year since the uh, decision of Roe v. Wade that legalized abortion on demand in the continental United States, pro-lifers across the country do gather in Washington, D.C., and in cities across the country to express their position for life, the defense of the unborn child. Normally in Washington D.C., there's anywhere between three, four to five hundred thousand attendees that actually march their way up Pennsylvania Avenue before the U.S. Supreme Court and prayerfully uh, protest against abortion on demand, and hopefully advance for the cause of life. Many people give personal testimonies of either keeping their children or the regret of having that decision of abortion, and that how they have prayed for forgiveness and that now that they also are Voices for Life. This year will be a virtual event because of the uh, activities around the inauguration. Also with COVID, the uh, pandemic, of course, for whatever reason, the March for Life organizers are having a virtual event. You can find them online at March for Life. Just uh, look for that, search for it uh, in the search bar, and uh, go to their website. You can actually register for it, but it will be live Friday at noon, uh the march for annual march for life so there'll be a number of speakers and you you want to participate in that but there has been life events that have been uh exercised across the state uh, last week we had Denise Leopold of Akron Right to Life who talked about uh, some things that they were doing with me on the phone is Beth Vanderkoy and she is the director of Columbus Right to Life and they have uh, annually some events that they do in the greater Columbus area but this year uh, when there was a church service, actually the Catholic Cathedral in downtown Columbus, just this past week, some of you may have seen it in the news. Unfortunately, there were some left-wing activists that came into the church service itself uh, during a uh, Christian church mass and an observance for the unborn, and disrupted the service. This is unprecedented. We're seeing these attacks on churches on the increase, and as the Ohio Christian Alliance that advocates for religious liberty, we're going to bring you this information. That's what News and Focus is all about. Let's hear a little bit of the audio clip that was covered in the Columbus Dispatch. That doesn't sound like a church service, but unfortunately it was, because of these protesters that went, barged their way into the church, had signs and bullhorns and were using profanity and disrupted the service. They had to be escorted out by police. Uh, This was very disturbing to the families that were there with children. Uh, In fact, I'm going to be reading from the Columbus Right to Life uh, email that they put out. During the last uh, part of uh, the uh, homily, Uh, that's when they rushed to the front of the church, this is the protesters, that is, shouting explicit and hateful things, frightening families and children, and attempting to reach the altar. As Bishop Brennan noted in the statement, participants in the mass responded with some seeking to protect the priest and the altar and others kneeling in prayer. The Columbus police responded immediately, and the group was taken outside. Allegedly, each had forgotten their identification, and they were released by the police. Identification will not be difficult, however, and then we're going to talk about that. But, you know, whether these people are charged or not, this is really becoming a, an alarming trend as we're seeing attacks in churches, and on churches, on the increase. Here to talk about the pro-life activities of Greater Columbus and the victories that they've had this year, in spite of these kinds of disturbances, is Beth Van Beth, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, and hello to everyone out there today. Uh, Thank you for for listening.
0: Well, thank you for joining us today. Now, Beth, obviously you put out a very detailed email about um, what had happened last Thursday as you were doing your annual uh, pro-life events around the anniversary of Roe, of course, to defend the unborn in ways of education and uh, promoting life. Uh, that's what this church service was doing uh, when before it was disrupted. Uh, tell us first about what the activities that you had planned for that day. You had partnered with the local church in that uh, they normally have this kind of uh, observance and so, solemn service for the unborn, and you were having an activity at the uh, Statehouse. Walk us through the events of last Thursday for our listeners.
1: Well, absolutely, and if I could, I'll back up just a, a... Light second, and what I'll say is that Greater Columbus Right to Life is an ecumenical but faithful organization. That said, we tend to lean a little bit more Catholic, as I think is somewhat um, someone who's very involved in pro life activities. There's a lot of Catholic involvement in pro life activities, um, and that's reflected in our organization. So many of the Protestant churches that uh, we work with you know, they had their Sanctity of Life, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, the the previous Sunday. Um, The Catholic Church, however, or in most Catholic churches in the United States, uh, they actually have a Respect Life Mass or a variation of the Respect Life Mass in each diocese or in uh, each cluster of churches. Um, And then there also is the National uh, the National Respect Life at the Basilica in conjunction with the March for Life. And so just as you might see that the the National Mass for Life is cooperative but distinct from the March for Life activities or the Students for Life convention, uh, that very much is kind of our relationship. Um, so we have a close relationship with the Diocese of Columbus, um, and for many years, preceding even my time at Greater Columbus Right to Life, it has been the custom uh, that at 10 or 10.30, that day, whatever day it is, um, and it's almost always, um, unless the 22nd falls on a Sunday, um, it's it's almost always the day, the actual day of the anniversary uh, there will be a respect life mass. Uh, and then at noon or right you know shortly thereafter, so give people time to attend the mass. Uh, and then the majority of the group will then possess, process about a block and a half if you're familiar with downtown Columbus from the area where the cathedral is to the area where the state house is. And they will be joined by people, uh, you know, maybe people who work downtown on their lunch hour or people from other Christian, uh, other Christian traditions that want to join in with us. Um, We all join together. And we, we usually, um, most years we actually have it inside in recent years for various reasons, but we've been having it inside. Um, But we'll have hundreds of people, 400, 500 people. Uh, easily attending this event, and it very much has been historically an alternative for those who could not come or could not go to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. Uh, for about the last 10 years, we have shifted uh, the focus of our event uh, to be a little bit less of a protest um, and a little bit more of a memorial. So the purpose of our event, and this is what I tell to everybody who's speaking, uh, we always have at least one Protestant minister and at least one Catholic priest, um, and then we'll usually invite one person to speak um, who has been a victim of abortion or who has had an abortion in her past to talk about recovery. Uh, This year, we actually invited someone to come in and talk about abortion pill reversal, which if you've never heard of that... I, I would highly encourage every single person to learn a little bit more about abortion pill reversal. Uh, we just saw our 2,000th woman uh, in the United States who uh, had started the abortion pill regimen, changed her mind, sought medical health from a life-affirming physician, and was able to save her baby. So praise God for that. Um, yes. So we invited somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and we're very, very blessed that the national hotline for abortion pill recovery and rescue is located right here in, in Columbus uh, and it's operated through the auction line network. So that if you're familiar with auction line and local pregnancy centers, uh, those are the same people that are getting women all over the United States to a, a doctor who can help them save their baby. And we're talking so, with
0: Beth. We're talking with okay. Beth Bender-Coy. She is the director of Columbus Right to Life. We're talking about the observances for life that were held last Thursday in Columbus in conjunction with the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Now, Beth, as we uh, talked about what happened at the church, and of course. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll circle Mm -hmm. back to that, because I believe the charges need to be filed against these people on a number of uh, fronts, quite honestly, and it's a very serious matter to actually barge into a church during church service and to disrupt in that manner, especially since we have seen some of the uh, violence in churches across the country. And I've talked to some church leaders, and they said, you know, we have security teams, uh, and if something like that had happened at our church, it would have been a very serious matter. Now, before we get back to that, let's talk about the state house observance because this group also showed up there. Then, after the church service the, at the cathedral, Correct. you went to the state house to have your observance, and it was outside. And you had uh, actually registered with the Cap Square, which is the folks who manage Capitol Square, which is our state house grounds and buildings. And you actually registered for your event. You paid a fee. For uh, audio and all that. And then, of course, the State Highway Patrol has been uh, increased patrolling the State House grounds ever since the damages earlier this year on June 19th. I know a lot about that. We've covered it on this program. But that being right. said, tell us what happened because this group then shows up to your event and disrupts it. Tell us what happened.
1: Yes. So after they break into the cathedral, they're removed quite immediately. They do not have their identification, they are not arrested, they are just let go. Um, And I will say, um, I do not wanna speak for the bishop, but I know that the bishop is exploring a lot of different legal options, um, given how it was managed by the Columbus police and um, working to identify some of the people. So I think that may be a stay tuned on there. But because they were immediately released, uh, they were able to come down to our event Um, I notified I had someone uh, in the cathedral who called me to let me know what had happened. And by the way, this is not a loner one-time group. This is a group that has been harassing us and other pro-life leaders, but particularly us, for at least five or six years. Um, uh, They assaulted Brian Kemper last year at the March for Life. Um, uh, This is not a one-off. Um, And so, they came down to our event. I notified the highway patrol that um, we did have this area permitted. Um, And for those of you who aren't familiar, I basically rented out an area, and the contract and the code says that only people that I say can be there can be there. So, I told them if they start to be disruptive, I want them to be removed. Um, They were very disruptive. Um, They started immediately... Uh, with abs- uh, vile obscenities, harassment. Um, they were using voice amplifiers and sound systems. They had personal alarms. Um, uh, I, I strongly encourage... I know a lot of people are forwarding the content from this group and you know, inviting people to read it and listen to it, um, and I, I honestly advise you not to do that, not to expose yourself to this kind of evil. Um, for anybody who's interested in seeing some of our uh, some of our footage uh, and some of the dispatch footage, uh, you can go onto our website at gcrtl.org. That's Greater Columbus Right to life.org. And if you look under the blog tab, um, we have a, a statement on the day's events there. Or I can send it to you as well, Chris. Um, but they were incredibly disruptive, incredibly obscene incredibly vulgar to such a degree that uh, we debated if we would need to shut off our live stream because we knew that um, you know a lot of a lot of students they could not come so normally you have entire classrooms come to the cathedral and then come to our event right well, because of the restrictions in place they couldn't and so the upside, so to speak, you know, we always try to look at the upside, is that whereas before, perhaps maybe the entire eighth grade class or the entire junior class was watching at one of these schools, now um, it was the entire school was watching from home. Um, And so... Uh, And also, because you're up in that northeastern area of Ohio, this wasn't just Bishop Brennan. uh, Also, concelebrating the Mass was Bishop, uh, the newly installed Bishop of Cleveland, Bishop Malisek, who has been a tremendous voice for life. Um, So, you know, just uh, honestly, I can't even I can't even repeat any of the things that they were saying because they were so obscene and so vulgar. Um, And because they were permitted to be in our space, um, I approached the highway patrol and I asked that they please be removed. And he said, well, we can't. And I said, well, if they can't be removed, then, you know, it's a violation of the code for them to be using these sound amplifiers, these speaker systems. Right. And he said, well, we can't. We haven't been able to enforce that since the, the protests this summer. And so at that point, of course, um, they are, uh, the police have somewhat herded them into a corner. There are now, I think, three or four troopers kind of keeping them from darting into our crowd. Um, They're overpowering our sound system. Again, you can watch our video. It's also on our YouTube page. Um, Just to let you know how disruptive it was, our audio was mic'd directly into the video recorder and they were so loud that um, they were so loud that there are entire sections that you can barely hear what the speakers are saying. So um, at a certain point, they were getting so much enjoyment out of me pleading with the troopers to please remove them that I decided it was better to separate myself from the situation, go confer with. Our streaming team to see if we should cut off the stream because what they were hearing was just not appropriate for school aged children or families at home who are listening in. Um, And so I I went to go do that and we got through the best that we could. Um, And I will say, even when we ended the event, normally at any of our events, you know, I stay around uh, and it's an opportunity, particularly in this last year with COVID. There are so many of my people who I haven't gotten to see in a year, and, you know, normally I would, you know, greet them and thank them for coming, uh, and instead we determined, uh, because they were so much targeting me, um, that it was better for me to leave. And I actually was surrounded by a group of nov- or seminarians, um, uh, Dominic- young men who were studying to be Dominican priests, and they surrounded me and escorted me off of the State House grounds to taunt um uh, I just asked everybody to, to quickly and safely disperse. So it it was incredibly horrific um, and there really were two problems here. Uh, the first problem of course, was that they were in violation of the law and what they were doing what they were doing was evil. Uh, the second problem, of course is that uh, for whatever reason, um, and while I'm I'm not going to kind of tip our legal strategy here on air quite now. We are pursuing a number of options uh, to hold those who need to be held accountable accountable, uh, and people can read into that what they wish. But uh, we're pursuing a number of strategies. Um, but you know, it it was just it was just really wrong, and you know, Chris. You and I we first met, a lot of people don't realize this. I was a State House staffer when we first met. That's right. Uh, yes. In the last yeah, yeah, in the last twenty years, I have probably been at two hundred events at the State House and I have never seen this kind of disruption occur and be permitted to happen. Um, so this was not a case of dueling protests that got a little bit out of hand. This is right. illegal and immoral and evil behavior. That's right. What I keep telling people again and again is I think people are very much called to action right now, and they very much feel like um, the church is being attacked. And my response to that, the church is being attacked, and the pro life movement is being attacked. And my response to that, quite frankly, is evil has always attacked the church, evil has always attacked. The body of Christ. What is happening right now is that evil is being exposed. It is being brought to light. It is perhaps emboldened by the current federal administration, but it may have its day, but God will have his hour. Mm. And we're so, talking ironically, with, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I did apologize. Yeah, a we're, we're talking with Beth <laughs> Vanderkoy.
0: She is the director of greater columbus right to life and we're talking about the right to life activities of this last week of course some of you saw in the columbus dispatch and other reporting of the video of the disruption of the mass that was held in honor of the unborn and it was a solemn assembly and yet it was disrupted by a group of leftists that came in and disrupted the service with profanity with uh... noise and bullhorns and it's actually a very frightening experience when you think about uh, this was uh, the breaching of a church service, so it really does threaten religious liberty. And so, if this was an isolated event, well, that would be one thing, but it's not. We're seeing attacks on churches on the increase, and at the Ohio Christian Alliance, we've been showcasing some of the things that have gone on uh, about churches. And there's there's others to report, and we're we're waiting uh, for some confirmation. Uh, of some things that have taken place around the state. We're going to be meeting with state officials. We're going to be meeting with clergy from around the state to talk about these incidents that have happened at churches and bring it to the attention of our state attorney general, Dave Yost, also to uh, our U.S. senator's office, uh, Rob Portman, along with uh, congressional offices and state officials. Because if we can't have the right of the freedom of religion, then, folks, then we've lost the battle for liberty. You know, these attacks are happening as we speak, but it's not time to cower. Just as you're talking, Beth, and I sense in your voice, and then we hear what you're sharing, is that there's courage in what you're saying. And the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, according to Proverbs 28.1. So we don't have to fear the day, but we do need to stand up and contest against evil. That's what your organization does year in and year out. Against the evil of abortion. And there are those, those agents, really, literally, it's a spiritual battle we fight. Those agents from hell do not like that you're standing for life. We just have about a minute left. Uh, give us some ideas of, of folks how they can contact you and read more about the activities of Greater Columbus Right to Life.
1: Yeah, sure. Visit us at GCRTL, like Greater Columbus Right to Life.org. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and sometimes Instagram. We're all at the uh, code GCRTL.
0: Well, thank you, Beth, for being my guest today. And we're going to uh, actually put a link on our website as well at Ohio Christian Alliance for folks to read more about this. And we'll be praying for you as you pursue information of what happened at the state house because you, when you're actually licensed to have an event, it shouldn't be allowed to be disrupted by... Uh, counter pro you you weren't doing a protest but counter protesters came and that shouldn't be able to stand we're gonna ask some questions too thank you for coming on today and God bless you for all the good work you do for the unborn
1: thank thank you
0: well stay tuned on the other side we're gonna be talking about some very serious issues that are going on and some statements that are being made by elected officials and by bureaucrats in Washington you don't want to miss this segment. Stand by, we'll be right back.
1: Almighty God, our sons, pride of
0: our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization Trust Blue and we're back, and you're listening to News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. This segment, we want to talk about a very serious matter that is happening in Washington, D.C., as there are those who are starting to talk about uh, re-education camps. They're talking about uh, re-education of uh, people that don't align with a certain worldview, And uh, this is all in the aftermath of the January 6th uh, attack on the U.S. Capitol. Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard, a Democrat who actually ran in the Democratic primary for president and a former congresswoman from Hawaii, she was in a a newspaper article and she said, uh, the Dems, a terror law. We don't have to guess where this goes or how this ends. She's talking about they're wanting to designate domestic terrorists. And she says this, former Representative Tulsi Gabbard, Democrat Hawaii, raised the alarm about the Democrats' disturbing crackdown on domestic terrorism in the wake of the Capitol riot on January 6th. She warned that the domestic terror bill that House Democrats have proposed would undermine our constitutional rights and freedoms and lead to law enforcement targeting almost half of the country. We don't have to guess where this goes or how it ends, Gabbard said. Ominously, in an interview with Fox News, when we have people like former CIA director John Brennan openly talking about how he's spoken with or heard from appointees and nominees in the Biden administration who are already starting to look across our country for these types of movements, similar to the insurgencies they have seen overseas. That is, in his words, he says, makes up the unholy alliance of religious extremists, racists, bigots. He lists a few others. At the end, even libertarians, the former congresswoman noted. Let's go to an audio interview from Fox News last night with Tucker Carlson. She was on with Tucker, and it's very serious is what she's talking about. Let's go to the interview.
5: Congressman, I appreciate your coming on tonight. So I don't think of you as someone given to hyperbole. You're not throwing wild charges out there. You measure your words. You said you are concerned that we are moving toward a police state. Tell us why you're worried.
4: Well, Tucker, the very first thing that any president does after they've gotten elected, any member of Congress and and every one of us who has served in the military is we take an oath and we swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The reason that this is the first thing that we do is because our Constitution is the foundation of this country uh, and who we are. It is what guarantees us our civil liberties, uh, our freedoms that are endowed to us, not by any man or person in government, but are endowed to us by our creator. And so, this is something that we must all unite around. This is something that we recognize that those who stormed the Capitol on January 6, trying to stop Congress from uh, fulfilling their constitutional responsibilities, they were acting as domestic terrorists, undermining our Constitution. As you pointed out in my video, those like John Brennan, Adam Schiff and others are also acting as domestic terrorists because they are also undermining our Constitution by trying to take away our civil liberties and rights that are guaranteed to us. Uh, If you don't mind, I'd like to just quote John Brennan directly so that people can't say I'm I'm taking this out of context directly. John Brennan says members of the Biden team who have been nominated or appointed are now moving in laser like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements they've seen overseas, where they germinate in different parts of the country and gain strength and bring together an unholy alliance frequently of religious extremists authoritarians, fascists, bigots, racists, nativists, and even libertarians. This is the extent that they are going to, to try to undermine the rights and freedoms that are guaranteed to every one of us, and it's incredibly dangerous.
5: It is so dangerous, and, and it's also happening on a greater scale we've ever seen before, because as you point out in the video that I hope every one of our viewers will find on the internet, It isn't simply government officials and our intel and law enforcement agencies. It's also private businesses. It's these giant tech monopolies. What can the rest of us do to protect ourselves, to keep free speech alive in a moment when it's being crushed all around us?
4: First of all, keep speaking. (laughs) I think this is the most important thing at a time when there is so much fear and threats uh, and, and the kind of fomenting of fear that we're seeing coming from the likes of John Brennan Take a stand. We must all take a stand and unite around these principles in our Constitution and continue to speak freely, whether it be in person, on the street corner, or on these virtual public squares, these town squares that exist online. Uh, You know, big tech is culpable in this, in that they are using their monopolistic power to pick and choose whose voices are heard and whose voices are squelched, whether it's based on who they agree with, disagree with, political affiliation, who you voted for, uh, or whatever. I think There are alternative platforms. I've got one on uh, Tulsi.locals.com. It's a place where people can come and speak freely and, and have open dialogue and conversation around different issues based on respect and this appreciation for our constitutional rights and freedoms. But I think most importantly, we need to urge President Biden and every member of Congress how critical it is they take a stand and denounce the likes of John Brennan and Adam Schiff's actions. Because if we do not And if they do not, then this country that we love and cherish will no longer exist.
5: I think that's right. When
4: you ran for president as
5: a Democrat, I watched the leadership of the Democratic Party try to subvert your campaign. They disliked you more than they disliked Donald Trump almost. And now I think we know why, because you're defending the basic institutions of our country. And I appreciate you doing it on this show. Tulsi Gabbard, thank you. Thank you.
0: And that was an interview just last night with Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat from Hawaii. Uh, she was served in Congress, and she also ran in the Democratic primary. Uh, as you can tell, she's more libertarian in conservative interviews than most of the Democratic Party right now, and she's the one that's sounding the alarm. But she's not alone. This also peaked on our radar at the Ohio Christian Alliance when um, we saw that uh, the kind of statements were being made. So let's talk about John Brennan. John Brennan was the former CIA director under Barack Hussein Obama. He has been missing for four years. This is a man you've not heard about, but uh, obviously with the deep state and the coup that was, and the unlawful investigation of President Trump when he was candidate Trump, then as he was president in his first year, John Brennan's name was bambied about as one of those that was working with James Comey and others uh, to... Put together the false false dossier that was generated from Hillary Clinton's campaign, uh, the false Russia dossier uh, that actually tripped up the uh, Trump administration for its first year. So we haven't actually seen this man in four years. Where does he Where does he pop up on a, on not on the uh, le- the inauguration day of Joe Biden? And I'm looking on MSNBC, and I'm seeing this video, and it's being tweeted about, and this is what he says. This, again, the former CIA director. So we're not just talking about, you know, somebody passing by here. We're talking about a man who's held a very important and powerful agency in our country. He says, the Biden intel community are moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about the pro-Trump insurgency that harbors religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, racists, nativists, and even libertarians. Well, this is very disturbing when you consider that not just John Brennan, but at the same time, on the same day, Katie Couric, who used to chair one of the big three um, news desks, remember Katie Couric, and she says, she cheers on Trump's impeachment and says, GOP lawmakers need to be deprogrammed. Now, folks, When we talk about re-education centers, you're thinking of places like Red China. You're thinking about the concentration camps of Nazi Germany. This is very dangerous talk, and we're not talking about just some radical, deep state, dark web type stuff. This is the Central Intelligence Agency director under Barack Obama just four years previous. This is Katie Couric. But it gets even worse. If it wasn't for James O'Keefe, and James O'Keefe is the with Veritas. He's an organization that actually does some undercover investigative work. And they did a sting operation on Michael Beller. And some of you saw this. He's the principal counsel or was, with a public broadcasting system. That's right. That's PBS. That's your local PBS station that you uh, have on your TV dial that has uh, Sesame Street and all that, but also, also all kinds of liberal programs. Let me. I just did some of the screenshots. I was going to play the audio, but this was undercover video, and you can find it. We'll have it on our website. But he's being asked some questions, and he doesn't realize that he's actually, you know, they're actually recording him and all that. Uh, But he says, even if Biden wins, we go for all the Republican voters, and Homeland Security will take their children away. This is Michael Beller. He is principal legal counsel for Public Broadcasting System. It goes on. He says in the next slide, and we'll put them, Trump supporters, children, in re-education camps. This is, again, the top legal counsel for public broadcasting system in an undercover sting operation video. Now, he was fired the next day, and James O'Keefe said, because it went out on Twitter and Facebook and social media went out uh, everywhere in public on YouTube, so uh, they they fired him. Well, that's great. And then we're even told that Katie Couric may now not get the job of uh, Jeopardy. Uh, that job is a job that she was looking to uh, Alex Trudeau. She was going to replace him. And now, because of her statements, thankfully, they're reconsidering her as an option. That's a good thing. But nevertheless, when people of prominence like this have these kinds of ideas, folks, that's frightening. And look... When people say things in the open like this, you better take it seriously. Here's another thing. He says, so he says what are you going to do if uh, Biden doesn't win? He says, we go to the White House and throw Molotov cocktails. Uh, that's what he said if Trump would win. Uh, Michael Beller, PBS principal counsel, uh, is funded in part by U.S. tax dollars. That means you and I pay for the public broadcasting system, and this guy was employed by them. It says on its website that it probably serves the American public. And, of course, uh, James O'Keefe and his people says, we have our doubts. And, of course, they were able to uh, get, you know, he was terminated the next day after that release came out. But that's not always the case. Uh, Sometimes these people double down. And that's what's happening with uh, John Brennan and Adam Schiff, who is a powerful chairman in the House committee. And they want to pass this domestic terrorist bill. Well, folks, did you see the list? We say, well, I'm not a bigot, I'm not a racist, I agree with you. But would you be considered a religious extremist? Think about it. You know, some of your family members, because you're deep in your faith of Christianity, they think that you're a religious extremist. What about a libertarian? That's just somebody who, you know, have some conservative views. Now they're going to be considered a domestic terrorist? You know, one veteran told me, he said, I have seen when our nation designates people as terrorists i was involved in the gulf war in iraq in afghanistan and i know what are what happens to people when they designate them as terrorists it's a very frightening thing when you have people in washington saying these things in a very cavalier way then he goes on to say in this interview uh and this was prior to the election he says What's great is that COVID is spiking in all the red states right now. So that's great he says. This is Michael Beller of the Council of P- P- Public Broadcasting System. Uh, again, he's saying these things. He's not he doesn't realize he's he's in a conversation, but he doesn't realize he's being videotaped. Or uh, or a lot of them Trump supporters are sick and dying. He thinks that that's great. Uh, you know, look folks, these are the kinds of things that are going on right now, but more importantly, so We're putting these things together, and we don't know where this is going, and we're starting to alert uh, the U.S. Senator's Office, uh, uh, you know, Rob Portman and some congressional members. We're starting to reach out to them to alert them to this, to bring it to their attention, saying, hey, uh, there's some real concern here about this, Um, these kinds of things that are being said by these people, and then this, this domestic terrorist bill that the Democrats want to push through Congress. So, again, you know, something that's very disturbing, and one and something that we need to, to monitor, and, you know. Right now, there's a lot of concern out there. I think from a, for a lot of people, of what exactly is going on, and uh, you know, with the election not going the way that we thought it might go. But uh, in in that way, what we need to do is to be on our toes. Let me read this to you. This is uh, this is a saying that you've probably heard over the years. First, they came for the socialist, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. And that was uh, Martin Nymorler. You know, that's a famous saying. We talk about that. But, folks, that's where we're at right now. And today is the Holocaust Memorial Day. Remembrance Day, worldwide, when uh, six million-plus Jews were put to death in the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. And what we're saying is, is when people start talking about re-education centers and that people that supported uh, President Trump or people who have, uh, you know, strong religious views are actually dangerous to society, we need to be aware of that, because that's what they were doing in Germany. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the other side with some closing thoughts. Don't go away.
1: Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor,
0: a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization,
1: and to set free a suffering humanity
0: Trust and we're back. You know, we've been talking about censorship on this program. We've been talking about how big tech is censoring conservative voices. What we have seen this last month is unprecedented in our nation's history. We saw that President Trump was taken off of Twitter, Facebook, and other social platforms. The President of the United States was not able to get his message out simply because those who control social media. Uh, Did not Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Google, and Facebook, you know, and uh, Apple and Amazon. These folks did not believe in President Trump's message. They didn't support it, so therefore they would silence him. This is censorship. We have a First Amendment in this country, country that guarantees us the right of freedom of speech. I don't have to agree with what you're saying, but you have the right to say it. That's what our nation was built upon. It was built upon these basic fundamental rights of man. And yet we're seeing the tyrants of our day, uh, that authoritarians who were taking it upon themselves to censure conservative speech. It wasn't just President Trump. Mark Levin and Dennis Prager, who's on this radio station, many of them have been censured from Twitter, Facebook, and other platforms like YouTube. There was another uh, radio talk show host, Joe Baggs. I would consider him a center-right guy. Uh, they took 110,000 followers away from him. Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, they took 486,000 followers from him from Twitter. They suspended his account. Why is this happening? This is happening because these leftists, they're actually Marxist. They believe that this is their. they have the right to do this, that their way is better than your way. Now, they don't believe, uh, for large part. They don't believe in Christ Jesus. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in the Bible or the God of the Bible. They have a different worldview. And if your worldview uh, disagrees with theirs, well, they'll just silence your voice. That's the censorship that's going on right now. Well, the Ohio Christian Alliance, we're going to forge ahead. This radio program is part of that. We're going to have a lot of guests that are going to come on this year that are going to give you vital information of what's going on in our culture, what's going on in our world, and what's going on in our country. Right now, we're migrating away from Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg's little toy. And we're also migrating away from Twitter, as many conservatives are. Now, there are alternatives that do not censure free speech, at least for now. (laughs) And so they, they actually tout that, that we don't do that. Well, we want to support those platforms. So let me share with you how you can reach us on some of the new social media platforms. One is Parlor. Now you say, well, they were deplatformed; they're no longer live. Well, let me check. Is we're on the air right now, and that's true. But if you go to parler.com, you will see you will see it says that they have technical difficulties, but we'll be back up and running soon. So how you would reach us on Parler, Gab, and Mewe? I'm going to tell you how you're going to do that. It's Chris Long. 714. That's how you're going to be able to reach us. So again, very simple, just look for us search us in MeWe, which is a Facebook alternative, Gab, which is a Twitter alternative, as well as Parler. And then don't use Google anymore. Start using duckduckgo. We do that as a, a search engine. Look it up duckduckgo. They don't track you, they don't trace you, uh, they don't monitor you, and it's a much better search engine. So there are alternatives and that's what we're beginning to use. I want to also direct you to our website ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Ohio Christian Alliance. Just search that. And again, so the three uh, platforms you'll find us on are MeWe, that's Chris Long seven fourteen, Gab Chris Long seven fourteen, or Parlor, Chris Long seven fourteen. We're also going to have membership pages for the Ohio Christian Alliance and Christian Alliance of America up there as well. So these are some of the things that we're doing, and if you want to support us, and that's what's going to be needed going forward, we're going to actually launch two new websites, one for the Ohio Christian Alliance and one for the Christian Alliance of America. But we need funding to stay on the air here on this station and to do the mission that means so much to you and your family as we advocate at the Ohio State House in Washington, D.C., on public policy of Christian interest. We're pro-life, we're pro-family, and we're your voice uh, at these centers of uh, government. So again, you can go to our website and make a donation, or I'm going to give you even a number to call. And if you'd like uh, any contribution, we'll send you out a book about the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrim's Landing. Uh, It's a great little book, and uh, also a video is available as well for a $20, at least a $20 contribution to help us stay on the air. We will uh, send that book out to you. Let me give you the phone number. Just call in, leave your name and number if no one answers, we'll get back to you. Again, the number is 330-887-1922. Again, that's 330-887-1922. That's the Ohio Christian Alliance. You can just go to our website, too, if you just like to make a, a contribution, and uh, click on the Donate button there, and make a contribution of any size, and we appreciate your support to stay on the airwaves and to move it forward. These are going to be dark times, and it's important for Christian people to stay together. You know, the Bible says that uh, we're two or more gathered together in His name. And so this is where we're starting to gather together to share vital information like you heard today from Cleveland, uh, Columbus' Right to Life and the uh, attacks that were happening on the church down there. We're going to give you those kinds of reports as time goes on. And again, that's what we're all about at the Ohio Christian Alliance. So uh, let me just share with you again, uh, in fact, if you've missed any of today's message or any of our broadcasts, the podcast is also there, our website, Ohio Christian Alliance. Just search that, or go to OhioCA.org, and uh, on the front page you'll say News and Focus Radio Broadcast. Also, some of the links to the videos that we've talked about today. So when you visit our website, you're going to see that there's going to be some changes in the coming weeks. We're going to have more videos and more information that will be pertinent on a daily basis on our website. So, it's going to be a website you're going to want to actually put in your uh, quick links so that you can actually visit it every day. Also, if you're not part of our email list, you can go to our website at Ohio Christian Alliance and you'll see a green button on the right hand page. It says join our email list. That way, you can get uh, timely updates and news breaks. Uh, through the Ohio Christian Alliance. We send those out several times during the week. Very important information. You'll want to join on to our email list. Again, uh, that's at the Ohio Christian Alliance website, and join the email list. And you'll be seeing some updates on that website. It's going to be very exciting. Well, thank you for listening, and if you've missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety on our website at OhioCA.org. Thanks for listening. God bless. We'll see you next week.